and welcome to the A to Z Sports Big Orange Podcast. I am Charlie Burris. That is Zach Reagan. Wherever you listen throughout the world, we thank you so much for listening to us. Zach and I talk everything balls every week here on the Big Orange Podcast. If you want to listen to that regularly, go over to the A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed on Apple, Spotify. Rate, review, but most importantly, subscribe when you get there. Because if you do subscribe, you won't miss our episodes when we drop them on Mondays. And I swear to you, we will have these on Mondays regularly during the season. It's been all over the place during the offseason, and this is a Tuesday, not a Monday. Um, But... We'll be back on schedule Mondays at 7 p.m. And speaking of Mondays at 7 p.m., that was yesterday, but it is Tuesday at 7 p.m. But on Mondays at 7 p.m., we will be live. And when we're live, you can be a part of the show on YouTube. Go to YouTube or Facebook. Facebook, too. Go to YouTube and Facebook, uh, A to Z Sports Nashville, and subscribe. Hit the like button. Hit the notification bell. And then you can join the show live. Comment. Be a part of the show. We love interacting with your comments. And, uh, you know, just hang out. Have a good time. Uh, at Charlie underscore bros. That's Zach TNT at A to Z Sports. A to Z Sports.com for all the stuff that Zach writes on the internet. Follow, subscribe, body, body, body. You know what to do. All right. Let's get into it. We, we got a, a banger tonight, Zach. I At least I personally think. For a multitude of reasons, obviously the season is two weeks away. It is. Well, honestly, what's a week and a half now? I mean, it is just right here. We are staring it right in the face. You have you have the fake games of the opening weekend. Vandy's playing Hawaii. USC is playing Fresno State. I have no idea. I don't think that's actually happening. But USC is playing. I do know that. I want to say Navy Notre Dame in Ireland, maybe? I don't know. But. The Tennessee game is just a week after that. Tennessee, Virginia, and there. so there's that. And so tonight, we're going to preview the entire season. We're going to give our take on what we think is going to happen this season, Tennessee's record, give our prediction, then we can go back in a year and make fun of ourselves, how wrong we are, um, and then talk a little recruiting. And then we're going to cap off the show with what I want to talk to you even just here immediately, Zach. I don't want to go get too in the weeds on it, but... Uh, Zach, you got yourself in uh, a bit of a situation last night <laughs> with the athletic director at the University of Tennessee, Danny White, quote, tweeted one of your articles, and in doing that, absolutely dunked on Virginia coach Tony Elliott. Um, how, how did that feel, Zach? When you saw, when you saw this tweet, and we're, like I said, we're going to talk about it, it's going to be the capper on the show, but when you saw that tweet... What was your initial thought? Like your the first thought that went through your head? Uh, my first thought was I thought I thought it was like a fake account, and I have uh, tweet alert like a little behind the scenes here. I have tweet alerts set up for you know Danny White, Tennessee football, different stuff like that. Just they'll 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 put out official news sometimes. Maybe I don't see the email, so I have Danny White's tweets always come into my phone, which which aren't a lot, right? And I saw it pop up, and I don't know it's a tweet alert at that time. I just see a tweet popping up on my phone and my lock screen. I really don't know what it is. Kind of see what it is. It takes me a second to verify that it's Danny White. And I just kind of I texted you in Austin immediately. I was like, uh, we got a situation here. I don't I don't know exactly what's going on here, but it was uh, those weren't the exact words you used in the, t- in the text. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> it caught me <laughs> off guard, but there's there's some even more kind of behind the scenes on the process of how 
all of that came about and my thought process going into it and the reason why I thought no one would even see that story, uh, that, that's kind of interesting. We'll get into later when we talk about all that. Yeah. Uh, if, if you did not see it, just go look at the Danny White official Twitter account. Uh, and I believe it's still his last tweet. It's the last thing. That no, he, he did. He did. He did send out some condolences. I think something happened to uh, oh, yes. family, something with the swim team, perhaps yes. maybe the family member. I did see something pop up earlier. So, so, so the one d- directly uh, yes. before that one, uh, <laughs> you can go find it, but obviously we will explain it. Talk about the entire thing to end the show, but to begin the show, we're going to give our full prediction for the 2023 season and what we think is going to happen. We do this every year. We like to put it on paper and on video and uh, and just see where we end up with our predictions. Obviously, next week will be the full preview of the Virginia game. They just announced who their quarterback is going to be, but that'll be next week. Obviously, game week, we're going to give our full breakdown there. But we'll start off with a prediction for the season right after I tell you about our first great sponsor, Farm Bureau Health Plans. Farm Bureau Health Plans have been serving Tennesseans for over 75 years. Much has changed over ye- much has changed over the years, but some has stayed the same. Farm Bureau Health Plans has always valued personal relationships, especially when it comes to good health and good service. Plan on Farm Bureau Health Plans for health, dental and vision. For better coverage, better rates, and better service, go to fbhp.com slash ATOZ or walk into one of their 200-plus locations across the state. That's fbhp.com slash ATOZ. Farm Bureau Health Plans. Support them because they support us. We appreciate it. Now, just a couple of notes off the top. The all-SEC coaches, what do you call it, coaches list, coaches team, uh, yeah, came team, out today. Team. Yeah, all, all SEC coaches team. The all SEC players that are chosen by the coaches came out today. Tennessee had three players, I believe, on the list. One was Brew McCoy. He made second team. Then Javante Spragans and Cooper Mays were on uh, third team off of the offensive line. Then another interesting note that I saw today on three released their preseason true freshman All American list. And Arian Carter was on it, linebacker that uh, is just fresh on the scene at Tennessee. Some some just interesting updates. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, Zach, but it's going to kind of lead us into talking about the full prediction for the season. Yeah, I thought I thought the not having Aaron Beasley on one of those teams was a, a huge oversight. I, I know that everybody kind of talks about him coming on late last season, but if you go back and watch like the Pittsburgh game, for example, second game of the year. He made some big plays in that game. In fact, I think he had a sack or a tackle for loss on one of the first plays in overtime uh, before later on Trayvon Flowers obviously had the huge sack there in in overtime to kind of ice the game. But he played at a really high level all season long. I think he was just kind of an afterthought at uh, at first with Jeremy Banks being in there. But I'm really surprised that he wasn't on at least like the third team or something. I think he's – really going to make a name for himself this year. He's obviously a tremendous player and and plays with a lot of effort hard out there. So it was kind of, I thought he should have got that respect and at least got that honor on the preseason list. I thought that was, you know, a a bit of some oversight there. And uh, with, with Arian Carter and that, that like all freshman team, I think that's one of the few lists I've seen him included on. You know, Tennessee fans know that kid is, there's a lot of hype there. Coaches really like him teammates really like him i mean it seems like he's a super intelligent guy like just kind of has the dna to be a middle linebacker in, in the sec 
but it feels like he hasn't got a lot of hype. And I'm just like, you know, Alabama badly wanted this guy. I mean, what was it? There's rumors that their defensive coordinator at the time, Pete Golding, was like going to the school trying to trying to get in and 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 maybe sway things there at the very end. I mean, it's somebody that Nick Saban wanted. And if he went to Alabama, I don't know about you, but I feel like he'd probably be getting more hype than he is uh, going to Tennessee, which is not you know, not fair at all. Obviously, if he can play, he can play. But uh, that those are the two kind of things that stand out to me about some of these preseason lists. Yeah, I, I think there's plenty of players that are flying under the radar for Tennessee. You nailed it there. I, I think Mr. Jones in, in the comments here, he brought up uh, Squirrel White. I, I oh, feel no, like you got to read it. You got to read his comment. There. There's a little pun. There's a little pun <laughs> he there. Said, he said, no squirrel. That's nuts. That's a great one, Mr. Jones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he also brought up Ramel Keaton, Joe Milton. I mean, Joe Milton, dude, He he's the most physically gifted quarterback in America. And he's nowhere to be found on any of this stuff. Uh, I, I, yeah, there was plenty to kind of uh, plenty of bones to pick with all of those lists, but I thought the inclusion of Arian Carter on, on the preseason uh, All-American list, really interesting and super encouraging. Well, I think uh, it's because on three, I mean, look, they, these guys cover recruiting. They know these guys better than yes. coaches' polls, some of these AP polls, these writers that don't really cover recruiting. They know what he can do. So, you know, those really, those lists from like on three and, and some of those from 24-7 sports and the other recruiting outlets, they can, they can oftentimes be a little more accurate because they've seen these dudes since they're like 15 years old in high school. Well, we know there's plenty of talent on this team. And and overall, I mean, the, the actual national press does agree with that. Tennessee is number 12 in the AP poll. They're number 10 in the uh, coaches poll. And Joe Milton has gotten plenty of hype. Uh, I actually kind of been looking at it. It's almost like the national media believes in Joe Milton more than local media. I think we're we're all still we're still influenced by what we saw of Joe Milton in that first year and him getting mm -hmm. replaced by Hinden Hooker. But then again, we all saw him win the Orange Bowl and play really well in that game. So I, But I, I just see nationally there has been some heaping of praise on Joe Milton. Obviously, every video of him throwing a football 10 million miles goes viral. Uh, but, I mean, this, this team has plenty of talent, and they're top 10 or borderline top 10, depending on the list you look at. And so with that in mind, let's get into the season. And our our full predictions here for uh, what record Tennessee will finish with. Again, we're going to do the uh, the breakdown for the opening game, Virginia, uh, in in full. They they just announced it's what's the kid's name? Musket. That's Tony Musket. Yeah, yeah. Came, came from Monmouth, so and, and he is a senior, but he's never played in front of a crowd larger than twenty one thousand people, which he did at North Carolina A and T, alma mater of Hinden Hooker's father. Uh, hmm. North Carolina. That's the biggest crowd he's ever played in front of. And Nissan Stadium is what, 65, 70,000? I mean, it'll, I'm sure it'll be pretty packed with Tennessee fans. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. It, it is going to be a Tennessee home game. Uh, the University of Virginia, at best, is a basketball school. Obviously, won a national title in basketball in the last few years. Uh, and in football, they just. God, is they everyone there named Tony? Tony Musket? Tony Elliott? <laughs> Tony Bennett? Yeah, seriously. They got a lot of Tony. Yeah, all in the T's too. Elliot Musket. Every I I did live in I lived in Charlottesville for a year. That was my first job uh, out of college at a firm up there. And uh, everybody is also a lawyer. It was kind of pretentious and annoying, actually. But point being, nobody's really a football fan up there. It's going to be a home game for Tennessee. It should be a pretty wild atmosphere in favor of of UT. So 
I, I'm excited, but we'll get fully into that next week. This is just going to be surface level, giving our predictions, what we think is going to happen. I know a lot of people are probably on pins and needles in terms of what I'm going to say about the Florida game. I am. Uh, I am. I, I don't know. You, like, this is brand new information to me. We haven't talked about this at all. If you know my history, my history is Tennessee loses to Florida until they don't. And they didn't lose last year. And I predicted that they would lose last year. But they haven't won in the Swamp since 2003. So what what will I choose? That So I'll, I'll leave that as a little teaser here at the beginning. But let's start off with the Virginia game. And let's just say, do you think uh, Tennessee's winning that one? W or L, Zach? Yeah, I'm going W all the way on that, obviously. I think they probably cover the 28-point spread. Virginia's offensive line, they're still trying to figure that out. They didn't name their quarterback until late. He's a transfer. You, Monmouth, like we said, he hasn't really played in front of these big crowds. It's his first start. Uh, Des Kitching, the Virginia offensive coordinator, said just Monday that he expects Tennessee to come after that kid early and often and really test him and try to rattle him earlier or early in the game. Between that, uh, one of their best pass rushers, Chico Bennett, had seven and a half sacks last season. Very, haven't ruled him out yet. Good chance he does not play in that game. Had a non-contact knee injury early in camp. Not an ACL or anything like that, but he's he's still off the knee. Hasn't been back to practice yet. Kind of hard to see him, you know, getting back to practice next week and playing next Saturday. I think it's. I don't think it's like a long-term injury for him, but I think there's a good chance he doesn't play. So that's a. He was an All ACC player last year. That's a big loss, uh, especially if you're trying to. Yes, the one the one question mark maybe with Tennessee right now is their offensive line at left guard, and and Cooper May's not playing, and then what happens at right tackle? Who starts there? So uh, you know, not having that guy, Cheeto Bennett, could really impact Virginia's pass rush, make things a little easier. Even if Bennett does were to play, I, I still think Tennessee would probably cover the the twenty eight point spread. But and it, it, it's hard to make a case unless Tennessee just doesn't show up. That that's you know. I think it's I think it's Tennessee all the way. Yeah, I, I think at worst it's a win, and at best, I mean they just annihilate them. I, I think Tennessee should annihilate them again. We'll get into that in full next week in terms of all the reasons why we think that. But it's it just seems like a mismatch. Tony Elliott, you know, think about what you want in terms of him being. I, we think pretty close to being Tennessee's coach at one point uh, during what ultimately was the, the hiring of Josh Heupel. <clears throat> I I don't think that he has the experience and, and the know-how uh, to even come close to winning this game. I, I just don't, there's nothing necessarily against him at, at all. Really. He seems like a really nice guy actually over overall, yeah. uh, even if it seems like he may have some sort of beef with, <laughs> with Danny white, I don't know what's going on there, but, uh, but yeah, I, that's a win for Tennessee. So the next game, Austin P I mean, the, if Tennessee doesn't score 60, they're having an off day and, and that one, that one's a win. And then we get to go ahead and just roll right to it. Gainesville, Florida, September 16th, 7 PM. The time is already set. Uh, I actually have to go to a wedding that morning. Say it's it's morning. It's before okay, the, okay. it's before the game. I'm gonna I'm gonna be doing the the show with Jonathan Crompton that day. We're gonna be watching the game. Don't worry, but uh, it's it's gonna be a bit of an off day, uh, <clears throat> which is annoying. But regardless, that's we'll, we're we're not gonna be friends with those people after their wedding. But uh, 7 p.m. in the swamp. Does Tennessee do it, Zach? 
Man, I, I've always been like you. That Florida game, it's just because it's Florida. It's 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 the it's the logo. It's it's going to the swamp. It's playing there. But you've seen this team even before Josh Heupel nearly win down there a couple of times, 2015 and 2017 games. They they should have, you know, left with a win down there. I don't know. Florida is kind of in disarray. I I don't know if they have a good quarterback situation. I can't really figure out Billy Napier. Maybe he figures this out. It's a slow build, and he turns this thing around. Maybe he doesn't. I I really don't know how this is going to go with Florida, but if you just look on paper and where these programs are, if you took the the F off of the, you know, took took all the logos off and they're just out there in, in practice jerseys, it's a game Tennessee should win, even on the road. So I don't there's no logical reason to, to pick against Tennessee except for the fact that they haven't done it in 20 years, you know, one in Gainesville since 2003. I don't think anybody on Tennessee's roster cares about that. I don't think anybody's thinking about that. They beat them last season. Uh, these kids didn't grow up, you know, watching Tennessee football in the mid two thousands, you know, like we did, they were, they were young kids then. So I don't think that's going to be in their head at all. I think they'll, I think they'll go down there and get a win. So you say W in the swamp, first W. And, and sorry, no Anthony Richardson, which is the only thing that kept that game close last season. Yeah, too. I mean, Mer- Mertz does it at least so far does not appear to be the, what Richardson was. Uh, I, it'll be interesting to see what they can do at Utah. I, I think that's that's a little bit of a barometer. Although uh, Cam Cam Rising's not playing in that game, so if Florida wins, I'm kind of taking it with a grain of salt. Even still, if they totally blow them out. That might be one thing. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, or if they somehow they score like 50 points or something. I, yeah, that, that'll kind of change the conversation. But I, so I actually ate lunch today with a good friend of mine who is a Florida fan. Uh, and we were talking about this game. And he's pretty apprehensive uh, overall. But they, they have some good pieces. They got a good running back room. Quarterback. I, I think is going to be, I don't want to say a total lame duck. I think he'll be better than he was at Wisconsin because he has better players around him in a general sense. But overall, I mean, their defense was atrocious last year. So just even like a marginal step forward will be something, but I don't expect them to take a giant leap forward. There's, I, I think they're set up to be a mediocre team. I really do. But Tennessee obviously has years and years and years and years and years and years and years of just scars of mental just being berated by this Florida game and, and it's been crushing. Um, and so, as I said, my prediction has always been Tennessee loses to Florida until they do not. But that changes today. Tennessee is going to go into the swamp. Not only are they going to win that game, it's going to be a blowout. They're going to lay the wood. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be like LSU last year. You're going to leave the wood to Florida. I, I'm a changed man. I am renewed after an 11-2 and two season. And, and really, one of the main things that got me here was the Clemson game. A lot of people were picking against Tennessee in the Orange Bowl. I chose Tennessee. I said the Vols are going to walk into that Orange Bowl, and they're going to kick Dabo's But Lo and behold, that's what they did. Josh Heupel has renewed my faith in humanity. I can't believe it. I think Tennessee gets the dub in the swamp, and they get the dub walking away. Uh, I, I don't know exactly how it will go but i i think that the the prediction uh of uh, of joe milton saying that he does not lose in florida stays true and he wins that game uh i again 
week one, Florida walks up into Utah and just trashes them on Utah's home field. And maybe the conversation changes. Yeah. But, but for right now, you just look at on paper. That's a win for the Tennessee Volunteers. I'm sorry. I just, I can't do it. Otherwise, Josh Heupel has given me faith. I, I can't believe yeah, it. Ba- Based on where these teams were last season and then what happened in, in the bowl game, especially, specifically against Clemson, I don't see how you could logically pick against Tennessee. That's not to like say that for sure what's going to happen. Who knows? I mean, again, they haven't won there in 20 years. They have to prove they can go win in the swamp. And yeah, I think they should, but I, it's just hard other than, okay, Tennessee always loses. Like That would be the only basis for picking against them is just that they always lose down there. That's the only yes. – everything else – points to Tennessee it is not logical when you look at it on paper to think that Tennessee will lose that game but uh, I love this from Mr. Jones he says the Vols will blow out Florida and we will call it the stomp in the swamp hey I I will 100% call it that uh and I will give you credit Mr. Jones but yeah Mitch Mitch says holy cow (laughs) Charlie is a whole new man I am I mean you look you just got to win games and Josh Heupel did that and I I mean it's it's like it's like with Rick Barnes I do not go out I like I when it comes to the Kentucky game I typically can Tennessee goes to Rupp Arena for the Kentucky game in years past I would have said oh no they, they can't win that game but then Rick Barnes went into Rupp Arena and he won a bunch and so now you can choose you can say that so I think this is when Tennessee finally turns the tide against Florida um I can see this being a real rough year and they they're thinking about firing Napier at the end of the year. That would be ideal. That would be amazing for Tennessee. Just he just, just has take. He has no sense of urgency, which I feel like those are the SEC coaches that when they come in, like Kirby Smart was not going to wait around. He was going to figure it out. He's going to figure it out quick. There was no rebuilding. We need to win. And Heupel pretty much did the same thing. I mean, you have to deliver on that, of course. But anytime they come in and they start preaching patience, it's almost like okay. I know that's you're supposed to be patient, but the really good ones, they make it happen fast. Kirby made it happen really fast. Nick Saban yep. made it happen fast. Hypo, you know, he still has to prove that he can sustain it. But as far as getting the initial kind of burst there, the 11 win season in a second year, it happened way faster than anyone expected. So I think you, anytime you start out like Napier, just I don't know, it's it's a bad sign. I feel like for and, and I could be wrong. He could be great, but it doesn't feel like he's going to trend that way. And I've seen. We both have seen lots of SEC. I mean, we've all seen it. Plenty of SEC coaches come and go at all these programs. Very few actually do what they're hired to do. Yeah, I think I think his recruiting class could save him as a top five class if he can keep it together. That's true. That's, he has recruited well, and, and Florida. I mean, it's. I mean, I think we could recruit to Florida. It's. It's almost like LSU. It's a very, very easy place to recruit to. Yes, for for sure. I mean, there's there's just. For great, you know, five star recruits coming out of your ears in the state of Florida. No, there's so. like nothing in Gainesville. <laughs> no, why you would want to go there, I do not know. But yeah, I mean, R- Randy says it here. Hypo has changed the whole culture. Tennessee expects to win now. Um, a- absolutely, and, and and I, I'm I'm feeling that until I have a, a reason not to this season. I I just really think there's going to be some continuity uh, with this team, and potentially, especially on defense, the potential to get even better. Uh, but then you move on to an interesting game here. UTSA, it's in Neyland Stadium, but UTSA, one of these teams in the group of five that's kind of like a dark horse BCS because they were really good last year. They kind of ran their league, and uh, a lot of guys coming back. Do you foresee any trouble 
for Tennessee against UTSA? I mean, I think it's a game they're going to win, but it's a game they have to go out there and prepare like it's a, any other Power 5 opponent. They can't just be like, oh, UTSA, let's take it easy. I mean, this is a team that could – everything breaks right. I mean, they're knocking on the door of a New Year's Six Bowl again. I mean, that's yep. that's kind of how that program is. So I don't – you definitely can't overlook them. You slip up, you go in there and play like you did against South Carolina, and you could be in trouble. But I don't – I mean, it's a home game. Hard for me to see that happen. I think – you know, I'm sure we'll talk about this throughout the season, but I think that that South Carolina game might have been one of the best things to happen to this year's team because I think they had Tennessee learned a lot of mistakes. I mean, even as well as South Carolina played that that day, Spencer Rattler played out of his mind. South Carolina defense wasn't terrific. I mean, Tennessee's offense was kind of off that night. They still scored, you know, almost 40 points. I don't, you know, if they show up, they probably win that game if they don't show up the way they did. So, I, you know, maybe they learned a lot of lessons you would think from last year's no show down there in Columbia. Hopefully they would, they would take this game just as serious as any other game in their schedule. That's the only way you can win a national championship. I mean, you got to treat every game the same Austin P to, to Georgia. Really? Yeah. You, you have to show up every single week period. You cannot take uh, any, any weeks off. I, yeah, I think they win that game. Could it be, it's, let's, let's say what, what I predicted does come true. Tennessee goes and blows out Florida. They're really feeling themselves. I could see it being a little bit of a letdown spot where it's like closer than it should be. You know, it's like 41 to 28 and you kind of go, huh, that was, that was a little tighter than it probably should have been for a, you know, UTSA and Neyland stadium. Um, but then, you know, you, you move on with life and, and Tennessee wins that game. Uh, so then you move on to South Carolina, a revenge spot for Tennessee after that shame that happened in Columbia last year that took Tennessee out of what would most certainly have been a playoff spot uh, as painful as that is. Do you think this will be like a lot of people are predicting blowout city uh, for, for Tennessee, or do you think South Carolina comes in uh, and, and plays up? I think South Carolina will play up. I don't think that, I don't know how good South Carolina will be this year. If, if that, what we saw at the end of last season is what, how they're really going uh, to, to play this season. I don't. I can't say that Tennessee's going to blow South Carolina out after the way Tennessee lost to South Carolina last season. I just. I don't think that there's. You know, when you, when you bring logic into it, right? I mean, if you say, "Oh yeah, Tennessee's going to come back," and instead of getting blown out, they're going to win by thirty. I don't. I don't think that's fair to say. I do think Tennessee wins. I think they could have won last year. Uh, maybe it's by ten. I don't know. I think. I think Spencer Rattler has kind of figured something out there. Maybe the the new OC helps uh, unlock that further with with Dow Loggins down there. I've heard good things coming out of Columbia. Uh, really like what they're seeing from Spencer Rattler. Teammates really talking highly about him. I think Tennessee wins the game, but I don't. I don't think it's gonna like a twenty point win or anything like we saw the first season of of Josh Heupel when they beat South Carolina pretty easy in twenty twenty one. Yeah, I agree. I actually think this will be the first like little back and forth game. Maybe I think Tennessee wins because uh, it's in Neyland Stadium. I mean, it's going to be again, especially if you come into that game undefeated, it's going to be sellout. It's going to be super raucous. I don't think South Carolina is going to be able to fully handle that. But I think they they come in, they play decently well, uh, and it's finally actually a close game. Tennessee blew them out in in the first year with Heupel, then vice versa next year and then this one i think is a little more competitive but tennessee you know kind of just grabs it in the third fourth quarter and ends up winning uh but th that's that's another win so i'm i'm still undefeated at this point we can we can take a 
little detour here. And I'll say, Danny said, what's up, guys? What's up, Danny? Uh, but Jeff said, uh, question, hmm. what if Milton just isn't the guy? And he looks a lot like he did at Michigan. Then what? Uh, I, I'll say an immediate response to that. I, I mean, did you, did you see the Orange Bowl? I mean, that's a good defense that he played against. And he's just, I just don't think he's that guy anymore. He might, he might be. You never know what's going to happen. But I, I think he has gotten significantly better. He has a ton of confidence. I think he has the confidence of the staff. I don't think it's going to happen, but let's say it does. I mean, you have the literal number one recruit in America from last year sitting right behind him. And that's a guy that has just had profuse amounts of praise heaped on him and a guy who I haven't heard a negative word about in Nico Ial Maliava. Uh, so that's, that's what would happen. You, you turn to the freshman, you'll just have to throw him into the fire and it just is what it is. I, we kind of talked about how long that leash might be for Joe Milton last year. We're, we're just going to have to find out, but um, I, I just don't foresee that happening. Will he be a Heisman winner? I, you know, we'll see. I, I don't know. I'm not ready to predict that, but uh I don't think it's going to be a wheels off situation with Joe Milton. At worst, I think it's like he's playing just good enough to keep the job. And there's a lot of people going like, ah, but what if we tried Nico? What if we did it? I don't think it's going to be, uh, you know, train flying off the tracks. But obviously it's college football. You never know what's going to happen. But I don't know if you had an input on that, Zach. No, I mean, pretty much the same. You you don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll see how it goes. And if he's not the guy, then yeah, you got you to gotta turn the offense over to a true freshman and see what happens. And maybe that means, you know, eight and fours in play or something, or maybe Nico takes off. Like you, you know, it's kind of the beauty of, of this sport. You, you get, you're flipping your roster every couple of years and you really don't know what's going to happen. So we'll, you know, we'll see how it goes based on what Milton's done at Tennessee so far. I know he had the rough start in 2021. That's a long time ago. It's two years ago. Uh, he never really got to find his footing in this offense and to get into any sort of rhythm. I mean, it's not like Hendon Hooker, uh, when he came in against Pittsburgh and finished that season, was suddenly a Heisman Trophy contender. I mean, he went into 2022 and it was like, okay, we got a guy. How you know how much better is Hendon Hooker going to be this season? We we really didn't know. In fact, I remember a couple of times, even in the Ball State game, even though it was a blowout early last season, and in the Pittsburgh game, there were some throws that Hooker missed. Like he has, he wasn't really in that rhythm that he was against LSU and Florida and Alabama and Kentucky quite yet at that point. So. Milton never got has never got that chance either. He's never started more than two games in a row at Tennessee. I know there's the stuff at Michigan. That was a long time ago. Multiple play callers there. You know, Pep Hamilton that brought him in there that that Milton really trusted left after his freshman year. You had COVID. There's a lot going on there too. And that's not to say, okay, he's automatically going to turn it around and be a Heisman Trophy contender because of all those things. But I, I do think it's all kind of part of the equation. Yeah, 100% agree. Uh I, I think the most likely scenario, if Nico Iamaliava ends up having to be the starter for this team, Joe Milton has gotten hurt, I think. Just per, just personally, that's the scenario if, if Nico plays a bunch, that it's because Milton went out with injury. But back to our predictions here. So we're to the Texas A&M game. There is bye week in between uh, South Carolina and Texas A&M. The bye week is October 7th. And on October 14th, Texas A&M comes to Neyland Stadium. And uh, will Jimbo's Aggies be better than last year? They were a bit of a disaster a year ago. Lots of transfers, lots of new staff. I think a lot of people are hoping 
that Jimbo has the play calling ability on offense taken away from him because their offense was garbage a year ago. Uh, but what uh, what do you think? Yeah, I don't I don't know what to expect from Texas A&M either, especially with Bobby Petrino down there. You know, maybe calling plays or whatever is going on with that situation. That seems like two at odds personalities. I mean, we know Jimbo has a strong personality. We know Petrino's history and that he's kind of not really the most stand up guy at times. I, uh, you know, you, we all remember how he left the Atlanta Falcons by leaving notes in their lockers telling them that he was, you know, off to with Arkansas. I think is where he went after that. So that that's a that's a potential disaster or potential for disaster down there, and, and maybe it works out. We'll see. But they were five and seven last season. Jimbo's on the hot seat. If he didn't have a big buyout, he'd probably be gone. I mean, his only good year down there was the COVID year when they went nine and one. Again, logic. You come in and you say, how how do you expect this Texas A and M team, even though they have some talent, but it kind of seems like that culture is all over the place. How do you? predict them to come into Neyland and beat Tennessee after the year Tennessee had coming off 11 wins, the performance Joe Milton had in the last two games of the year. And then what we saw from Texas A&M last season, again, the logic just isn't there in picking Texas A&M. I think, I think Tennessee wins that one. I'll, I'll say something similar. If that game is in college station, I'm probably picking Texas A&M, but it's not and tough place to play. Yeah, I mean, Neyland Stadium, especially if they come in undefeated like we think they will into that game, uh, it's going to be just just a nightmare for anybody that comes in to, to play the Vols. So I, I think that, yeah, I'll, I'll say Texas A&M is marginally better, but still, Tennessee wins that one because it's in Neyland Stadium. Uh, then this is the big one, or one up. There's a number of big ones here, let's be honest. Yeah. Alabama in Tuscaloosa, very trendy pick I've noticed from national media and like SEC media to say that Tennessee's going to win this game. I saw it this week with uh, I forget who it was. It might have been Peter Burns on SEC. I had some somebody like that that said they thought Tennessee was going to uh, upset Alabama and Tuscaloosa. Are you in that camp? And I, I mean, I feel like this game's probably a coin flip. I mean, last season, right. I mean, it came down to a pass interference call that went Tennessee's favor. It came down to, you know, a, a bad clock management from Nick Saban on that final drive, a missed field goal. Tennessee makes a field goal, barely goes over the uprights. I mean, it's a close game that really one call here or there, that game goes either way. So then you're coming back this season, you got Joe Milton, you've got, who knows at Alabama is going to start Jalen Milrow, maybe Ty Simpson, the Notre Dame kid. I don't know. All I know is that Bryce Young is not going to be on that sideline. And that was one of the best quarterbacks that Nick Saban has ever had. And he's the only reason that game was close last season. So that kind of makes me want to lean Tennessee on this, but it's, it's, it's Tuscaloosa. It's Alabama. It's Nick Saban. There's been so many times over the years where I'm like, okay, maybe the dynasty's finally over. And we, we saw some cracks last season. I mean, Tennessee beat them. They lost to LSU. Almost lost to Texas. They had some games where they didn't look so great. But I, I can't I – ju I just cannot pick them to win in the Swamp and in Tuscaloosa in the same season. I hope I'm wrong. I just – I'm just not there. I think I think Alabama ends up pulling this one out. It's It's the middle of the season – Whatever quarterback difficulties Alabama has, I think Nick Saban's probably figured it out by then, right? Like, he's not – he'll make a switch. Ty Simpson's talented. I mean, Tennessee really wanted him. Tennessee fans really wanted him. 
we can't just all of a sudden act like he was a bad prospect at all. I mean, that's a guy that, that when Heupel came here, everybody wanted, and they were disappointed when he chose Alabama. So it's I, – I go with Alabama in it. Yeah, the, the fact that it's in Tuscaloosa is tough. Um, I, Alabama has a bunch of question marks. Obviously, quarterback being the top one, lost dudes on defense, lost dudes on offense. But they still have dudes. They, st- I mean, Saban has just forever stacked up five-star classes. We all know it. They're not going to be bad. It's just not going to happen. Um, but I think this game will be very close. I think it will be very back and forth, exactly like last year. It's going to be that third and fourth quarter is going to be just a solid two hours of stress. Um, and... I I will say the, the breaks went Tennessee's way last year inside Neyland Stadium, and because it's in Tuscaloosa, that one goes to Alabama. It just it slips away right at the end. I mean, it almost did Neyland Stadium last year. We all know the fumble and everything that happened. It just – Saban freaking finds a way, man. It, I he does. It. That's the thing. He, does, he uh, always finds a way. Man. You have staff turnover. He loses coordinators. He loses – uh, great play, great quarterbacks, great, great players in general, and he still finds a way. And it seems like I think Nick Saban kind of has that edge this season where he's he's entering this season pissed off. I don't know if it's, I'm not saying it's going to translate to him winning the West or winning a championship. Who knows? But he doesn't like that Kirby Smart's kind of taking the crown from him. In the oh, SEC. no. He does not like that at all. He doesn't like all this doubt being thrown his way. And he's leaned into a little bit of that. He's kind of helped feed some of that doubt, which I think he's, you know, he's doing on purpose. Like we know his views on, on rat poison and in positive words from the media. So I definitely think he's feeding his team, this underdog kind of story right now. And, and that's kind of where they're at their best. I mean, they, the great teams are able to use motivation and, and use that stuff to their advantage. Uh, Georgia made it up last year and it worked for them. I think Alabama's going to do the same this season. Now I think Tennessee will do some of that too. Not, not to say they yeah. won't. I, couple of good points in, in the comments here. Big to Jeff says, but Tommy Reese is calling plays with no quarterbacks or wide receivers, which is a li- I, there's wide receivers. The quarterback situation is very much up in the air. 100%. The wide receivers. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not what it was. But it's Alabama's no offense. It's not, it's not Tommy Reese's offense. He might change some things up, but I mean, I've seen where he said like, Hey, you don't come in here and try to recreate the wheel. Like you, you just don't like, we know this works here will build off of it and kind of adapt it to the personnel that we have. And I do think they'll run the ball more this season. I think they're going to try to slow down tempo teams a little bit, but it's still going to be Mitch Saban, what he wants and what he wants to do. Yes. Uh, and then Mitch, Mitch makes a great point here. He says Alabama way game is a literal coin flip, which is great compared to what it's been yep. in years in the past at a minimum. Absolutely true. It's, it's incredible that we're already there in year three of, of Heupel. But yeah, so we we both predict that's the first slip up for Tennessee, uh, un, unfortunately, and apologies there. But then you go to Lexington, Kentucky the next week, and like every year, Kentucky fans, for some reason, think they're going to be really good, and then nobody else thinks they're going to be good. Kentucky fans are the only ones that ever think Kentucky's going to be good. Yeah. They've been, and they've been right once in the last... Uh, what 20 some odd years and even that year Kentucky lost to Tennessee so <laughs> you know it's it's interesting but uh will Tennessee win in Lexington Zach yes yes <laughs> yes exactly I mean, of course <laughs> it's yeah. it is just just like how I used to feel about the Florida game yeah 
it's it's except the exact opposite. It's a win for Tennessee until it's not. Period. Kentucky, that uh, just there's some total mental block. Also, I think Tennessee is a superior football team. Um, I think Tennessee is better at almost every position. So like it, the only times that Kentucky has beat Tennessee has been when like Derek Dooley, you know, was the coach and had no clue what was going on. Butch Butch Jones last season, I think they beat him in 27. Yeah, they, they definitely did in 2017. Just Tennessee didn't win an SEC game. And then 2020, the COVID year, when everything was falling apart for Jeremy Pruitt, which that was the first sign when when Kentucky blew him out. But they only managed to beat Tennessee when Tennessee's at their absolute worst. I mean, even in Pruitt's first year, which that Tennessee team was not very good, they still beat Kentucky. I think that was Kentucky's 10-win team, too. That was, that was the yeah. year. <laughs> it was Pruitt's so, first year, and Tennessee yeah. still went in and beat him, I believe, by double digits. <laughs> yeah, it was Just. not a... Yeah, not there, one of Mark Snoop's better moments. Exactly. There's just something there, and and I yeah, t- Tennessee. I, think I do think it'll that... be tougher than last season, though. Is I think last yeah. season they Stoops just made a really bad OC hire. That guy was a disaster. I mean, he was trying to run like like Todd Downing's offense or something. I don't know. It was awful. Uh, so I think that that had a big big part in that. I think with Liam Cohen coming back, Devin Leary can can play at a decent level. It'll be a tougher game for sure, especially on the road, but I still think Tennessee wins. Yes, I, I agree. Uh, win there, and then you move on to UConn. That uh, should be a win in Neyland Stadium. Yeah. Keep forgetting that's even on the schedule. Yeah, what a weird game. Uh, but UConn comes to town, and uh, maybe you can get some revenge for the women's basketball team this past year uh, and beat them down. And then to Columbia, Missouri. You got to go to Missouri. I feel like a little bit of a dicey spot, maybe, maybe. Although you can, you have a nice tune-up game with UConn there the week before, yeah. Uh, potentially, I do. Do you see that being a, a trap spot? It can be a weird place to play, though. Though Tennessee went there and won pretty easy in Josh Heupel's first season, and I think they even won there in 2020 in Pruitt's last season by like a blowout win. So they did. Uh, well, actually, I think I was in, at in Neyland, but either way, I, I, I went back. I went back and forth with a Missouri fan. The other day about something on Twitter, and I did. I just did the math, and in the last three years, Tennessee had beaten them like a hundred and eighty-nine to eighty or something. Just yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty like, total blowout. Uh, but anyway, sorry, side point there. Yeah, I, I don't think Tennessee loses that game. It could be tough. Games there can be weird. We saw Georgia go there there last year, and they didn't really almost lose, but that game was much closer than any than it ever should have been. I just don't think Drinkwitz is a very good coach. I, I've never thought he was a good fit there. I don't think he's a good fit in the SEC, period. He might be a great guy, but it just he seems like he's just kind of treading water at this point. He's never won more than six games there. He's never finished with a winning record. Probably very much on the hot seat into this season. Really, if, I mean, with that game being that late in the season, if, if that's like for bowl eligibility and Tennessee beats them to keep them out of a bowl, it could be Drinkwitz's last game there. I mean, that's a that's a game where they could get a coach fired possibly uh, just with the time of year it is. But I, I don't it's uh, I don't think Missouri's going to come out of nowhere and suddenly be a good SEC East team. No, I, I this is one. It could be tougher than we think. Um, kind of like the South Carolina game, UTSA, just some some of those a little sneaky. Uh, but it, you know, I, I think Tennessee is just the superior team there. They end up winning. Drinkwitz not the dude. Uh, and then, so we both think at this point, Tennessee has one loss: the Georgia game. The Georgia Bulldogs come to Neyland Stadium 
on November 18th. This, I mean, people have been talking about this game since the season ended last year because it is essentially the only tough game on Georgia's entire schedule. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Georgia, obviously, coming off a national championship, Tennessee beating Alabama in Neyland Stadium last year and making a giant splash that way. Is this it? Is this where Tennessee finally takes it back from Georgia and and uh, and does what we've been saying they need to do to fi- get back into that elite level? I, I don't think so. And I think it's mainly because, well, there's a few reasons. Georgia is Georgia, and it's almost like with the, the Florida and Kentucky situation. Uh, until you beat them, especially with, with Kirby Smart there, until you beat them, I'm going to pit Georgia. You got to prove me wrong. But I think this game being super late in the season uh, is an advantage for Georgia, even though the game's in Knoxville. Tennessee's depth is a lot better. Georgia's is still better, though. I mean, they still have more depth. They still have five-star guys replacing five-star guys. Late in the season, that that could be key. Just like kind of with the Alabama game, I think their quarterback situation will be more settled by then. By this point in the season, those freshmen are pretty much like sophomores. I mean, they know the deal. They're not inexperienced anymore. Maybe if this game was in like early September where the, you know, the Austin P game is or the Florida game, maybe you, you, you look at it a little bit differently, but I think with it being that late in the season, I just, I think that favors Georgia quite a bit. So it's, I can't pick Tennessee in that one quite yet. I have. And Jeff L we, I agree with Jeff. If that's a comment here, uh, you, you know, Georgia does have creepy ass Carson Beck starting and, <laughs> Yes. I I have flipped back and forth and back and forth and thinking about this game. Can Tennessee win? 100%. I, I think yeah. so. It, Georgia has a total off day. Uh, and, and you know, Carson Beck, total unknown in terms of starting quarterback. Very hyped as a recruit, but, you know, has never started a game. And uh, I, I, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how Georgia shapes up. They're filled with five-star players. Tons and tons and tons of talent still, but Alabama had tons and tons and tons of talent. Plus, Bryce Young last year, Tennessee still beat them. Um, uh, that is just going to be so tough to win that game. Uh, and I, it, it, it's kind of like, do I want to be Jonathan Crompton? Last year, Jonathan Crompton said Tennessee was going to go eleven and one. They went ten and two. Uh, when we started the season, I had him predict that, and he said eleven to one. He was he was very close. He said Tennessee was going to beat Alabama. He predicted that. Uh, the only loss that he said was was Georgia. Ultimately, Tennessee did lose that that game. Uh, do I do I want to go down that road? I yes, I do. I think Tennessee wins this game. I think Tennessee beats Georgia. It's and it's it's like the Alabama game last year. It's miracle time in Tennessee. Uh, just whatever it is. They pull it out. Man, I don't know. There, there's just something with those games in Neyland right now where they, they got that that magic, whatever it is. Um, and so I'll say Tennessee wins that game. But then they lose the Vandy game. <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> in Neyland? <laughs> or anywhere? <laughs> nah. Who, who are we kidding? Uh, yeah, Tennessee plays Vandy the next week. In Neyland, Vandy's an dumpster fire. Clark Lee's probably going to get fired, but Hey, they, they got, uh, they're, they're getting the, uh, the stadium fixed up, right? (laughs) Except it's going to be fixed up next year. 2024. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) They, if you do not know, 
Vandy, both end zones are currently under construction and they are playing a game there in Nashville on Saturday. Um, and they're going to be under construction, like on TV for that game. And it's going to be sort of one of the primetime games that's on. Um, so I hope they're proud of that. Thanks, Vandy. You really represent the SEC well. I definitely don't want you kicked out of this league because you're a joke. Um, but anywho, so that leaves us with uh, I'm I'm 11 and one. You're 10 and I mean, two. You're 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 uh, you got them in the playoff pretty much. Though, I maybe. have well, you got to win that SEC championship game. Ultimately, yes. well, it's 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 maybe like last, it's kind of like last be, year. It could be a situation where Georgia goes into or no, you got them beating Georgia. That's right. So yeah, I, yeah, your situation does make it. They'd almost be better losing to Georgia and, and beating Alabama in your scenario. I, I think if if that happened and you play Alabama or LSU in the SEC championship game or whoever, whoever I think it's going to be one of those two, yeah. but whoever it ends up being, and and you lose that game, I think you'd still make it into the playoff if you beat Georgia because uh, Georgia's going to be undefeated coming into that. She'd game. still be you two losses. It would re- you'd really you would it would really depend then on what everybody else has done. Yeah, that that is definitely true. Um, but I I can't believe it. Have I become just a Kool-Aid drinker? Am I, mean, I a you sheep? You've got 11 and uh, 1, and I'm 10 and 2, uh, and, and I thought I was being optimistic. I'm Man, it's just something. I've I've said it all offseason. I'm I'm believing in Hypel until he gives me a reason not to. I think he's going to use that South Carolina game, you know, flying off the tracks there as a learning moment. I think he's got a better defense this year. I think he has an offense that's going to be very comparable. I believe in Joe Milton. And I think that situation is very good. And, and let's all pray for that man's health and make sure that he doesn't end up uh, like Kenneth Hooker there. And, you know, I, I don't, I just, I like this team. I just, I really do. Uh, they have a good vibe about them. I, I, I think the defense is going to be a lot better. And I, I do, I think they're going to take a big jump, but then I, I worry about the offensive line. You know, I worry about the question marks there. You don't have a sure answer at two, two of the five positions. And that's that's concerning. And even at left tackle, it's a it's a brand new guy that in John Campbell that he's played well in camp. Looks like he's earned the job, but he hasn't. I mean, he just he hasn't played any games yet for Tennessee. So you really don't know how he's going to hold that down. And he's left tackle playing beside. We don't even know who at left guard yet. So there's a lot of question marks there. Scooper Mays get back and get healthy. You have to have him back. That's if you're going to beat. If you're going to beat Florida, he has to play. Hopefully he's come back. He's back against Virginia, even if he's not. I really hope he gets to see some reps in that Austin P game because I don't think you want him going into Florida not having played any snaps. I I just want it. It's been more than just hypo that has kind of changed my mind. It, it was really Tennessee basketball. Two, I predicted that they would beat Duke, and they beat Duke. I predicted that Tennessee football would beat Clemson, and they beat Clemson. I've just become a changed man. My I I have seen miracles uh and so i yeah i just i i believe will this prediction be wrong super quickly definitely might be who knows that that uh that equation might change instantly but i hey i'm sticking with it 11 and 1 baby sc championship game and and let's go let's do this i i think uh there's there's just some it's some zhuzh, whatever that whatever that word is, an aura around this team a little bit for me. But uh, that's that. There's our prediction. Take it to the bank. It could be totally embarrassing uh, that by the end of the season, or 
it could be like me with the games that I just mentioned where I got my predictions right. And I will brag about that probably for like the next year after that happens. I will talk about how right I was. Uh, so the the prediction is down now. Quickly, we were already, we're already at almost an hour. We, we might have to move a little quickly through these last two segments. But let's talk a little recruiting. Huge recruiting pickup. For Tennessee, well, I I will I'll throw it to you t- to finish here, Zach. Before we do get to that, anything else with the prediction for 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 this year? I'll let you wrap it up. No, I mean that's you know we'll we'll see what happens. You know when they when they take the field against Virginia, I feel like that will probably influence some some future periods once we actually see them going out there what they can actually do and how Milton looks. Uh, you know maybe some of these predictions change throughout the season. See, I I, I got some. Yeah, <laughs> Jeff says Charlie is drinking the Josh Pate orange liquid. And then Danny says, as am I. <laughs> and then Danny said, scream it from the mountaintops. 11 to 1, baby. Let's speak it into existence. Let's go. Uh, yeah, Mr. Jones says, it's great to be at Tennessee Fall. Yes, it is. It has been for the last year. And hopefully that continues for this football season. Uh, I know it continued this week with the, uh, the recruiting win that Tennessee got. And we're going to talk about it right after I tell you about Rattle and Snap Tennessee Whiskey. Nothing goes better with a Tennessee sports victory than a great whiskey. And I am talking specifically about Rattle and Snap Tennessee Select Straight Whiskey. Crompton and I on the game day show last year, we drank it after every win and after the losses too. It work, it works both ways, frankly. But uh, Log Still Distillery has released a uh, Tennessee whiskey product line called Rattle and Snap Tennessee Whiskey, named after a long-forgotten game of chance. Rattle and Snap is a whiskey for those who make their own luck. There's a four-year and an eight-year version. I've had both. You can see the four-year version there in the corner of the YouTube video if you're watching. Uh, it's a beautiful bottle. It looks great on the shelf, but it also tastes amazing in the glass or in a cocktail. Uh, you can find it in stores across Tennessee. Go get it there. But it's also available in Kentucky, Indiana, and Mississippi. Run! Don't walk and get yourself some Rattle and Snap Whiskey for those Tennessee sports victories. Hopefully a bunch of them are coming right up. Follow Rattle and Snap on Instagram at Rattle and Snap whiskey thank you thank you thank you to them they've been an awesome sponsor for uh for quite a while now uh now recruiting tennessee last night uh reeled in yet another big fish it came down for josh or uh, josh i'm thinking josh pate there jordan ross uh who was uh, i believe on 247 the number one player from the state of Alabama on 247, which frankly, when they rank a player like that, that's the only rating system that matters. And he was a five-star on 247. And uh, he commits to Tennessee, but not only did he commit to Tennessee, during his commitment, he takes out the Florida hat and he puts on the Florida hat and he goes, no, that that doesn't feel right. And then he puts on a Tennessee hat and he says, I'm going to Tennessee, baby. An amazing moment. Love that it came with a troll of the Florida Gators. It was beautiful. And another five-star player coming to Tennessee with Josh Heupel, a man who we were all told cannot recruit. What did you think of this pickup, Zach? Yeah, obviously a huge get, the type of guy that you have to have to win a national championship. Uh, we said it earlier this summer at some point when we were talking about the outlook for Tennessee and when they can win a championship. So one of the things that needs to happen for them this season is they need a just can't stop you can't stop him, Ed Rusher type guy to step up. Somebody can just take over a game, kind of like a Jadavian Clowney, a Will Anderson, somebody in that vein that can just really affect the quarterback and just complete create havoc at the line of scrimmage. Like you have to have 
that type of guy, I feel like, to win a championship. Georgia had a couple of those guys. Maybe this guy can be uh, that for Tennessee in the future. You're hoping, I mean, he comes in next season. You're looking at 2024, 2025 maybe would be Nico's what junior year, redshirt, sophomore, however that works out. That's kind of the season where it's like, okay, 2025, Tennessee has to be a national title contender that season with what Heupel's doing and building up to the talent he's getting. Hey, you want it to happen before then, and maybe it does. You know, we'll we'll see how all that plays out. But 2025, you really you need to be, especially in a 12 team playoff, you need to be up there in the top five and and really making some noise. So these these are the type of guys you got to get, and he's getting them. Still got to land more of them, but they're they're on the right track and they're getting a lot of the guys they need to be getting. They're still missing on some, but that's you know that's always going to happen to some extent, especially with nil deals. I mean, it's. There's so much that goes into it, and that's not a negative or a positive. I know Tennessee will get some of the guys because of NIL. They have uh, – that. that's obviously a big factor in these decisions. It's not the only factor, but it is a factor, and I think that makes it a little hard to kind of forecast where some of these kids will go. Yeah, this – I mean, we, we can say it now that I've made the prediction that, that Tennessee would, would beat Georgia. That – could be the turning point, like Tennessee beating Alabama this year and, you know, showing mm-hmm. recruits that and how crazy that was and what, you know, you've seen recruits literally cite it as I, you know, I was there. It, was, it just impressed me. Uh, there was a recruit just a couple of weeks ago that said it was the LSU game. He was visiting LSU and saw Tennessee win that game and was impressed and ended up choosing Tennessee. Um, beating Georgia this year is what would, I think, would turn that tide to finally getting to that elite level. But until that happens, these are the type of dudes you got to keep getting. And and they are. Yeah, they're, they're still missing on some. And I think if you win that game, you make the playoff, you do these things that show that you're truly elite, you're going to start picking up more and more and more of those guys. And and that, you know, that ball will start rolling downhill. But I, I, I this it just is really impressive. Number six class in America, I believe, on most services, I think on on three and two, four, seven, maybe. Um and so, yeah, as of right now, I, it's just hard for me to ask that much more of Josh Heupel at this point. Yeah, okay, have a top five recruiting class. I, that's literally all that we could ask. An 11-2 season? Okay, I wish we had, I, I wish we got to the playoff and had a top five class. I mean, it can literally only get that much better uh, with what Josh Heupel is doing. So I'm incredibly impressed. It, it's another great pickup. Um, there, there wasn't a ton in, in terms of uh, r- recruiting lately, there's there's just general news and notes of guys that are, you know, commitments coming up or looking at Tennessee. But that's, you know, there's plenty of services out there that can give you all of those minute details. But here, we, we love this pickup and and hopefully just keep on moving forward and get more of them. Because as, as of right now, I, I was just looking, two of the top 30 players in America now, uh, three top 100 for Tennessee, three top or four top 120 um, in this class. I mean, it's, it's shaping up. Great job, everybody. Applause all around. Please. And thank you. But uh, anything else, Zach, on the recruiting front? Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much it. And, uh, recruiting kind of faded a little bit to the background with the season coming up here. Yeah. And still, even at the end of the day, I think such a huge part, like I, I, I don't even put just a massive amount in the recruiting classes even now because transfers are so huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tennessee was carried by a transfer player last year in Hindenhooker. This year, Joe Milton could be that guy. Transfer. Dante Thornton. Transfer if he ends up 
being great. I mean, it, you, you still, you don't even know the true state of things until all that rolls into. Yeah. So to have, to have a top uh, at this point, a top six class for Tennessee and to be getting good transfers every year. Yeah. I think it's a formula for success. Just keep it going. Um, now let's finish with this. Uh, last night out of absolutely, well, we'll run it back even a little bit further. Last night, you posted an article on a to Z sports.com, Zach, our, uh, our employer here, uh, that was just a quote from a press conference for Tony Elliott. And Tony Elliott just talked about kind of how close he came to being Tennessee's coach. Um, he did not say that he was offered the job. He just said it was close, but it just, it just wasn't the right time. Um, I think he said, I prayed about it and just didn't, it just wasn't right. And so he moved on. It was overall, I mean, you watch the clip, you posted the clip on, on Twitter. It was pretty respectful and it just kind of seemed innocuous. Then a little bit later, probably within an hour of you posting that it was really soon afterwards. Yeah. It was like within 30 minutes. I think the, the athletic director of the university of Tennessee, (laughs) Danny white retweets this. Or uh, sorry, quote quote tweets it. So if you don't use Twitter, you can you can take a tweet and then write over the top of it, like comment on it. And so he quote tweeted Zach's tweet and said this: "Interesting. I don't remember offering. Ignored this the first time. Can't do it again. An interview doesn't constitute an offer. I interviewed several candidates." And only offered one. Just dunked on Tony Elliott, who again Tennessee is playing in Week One <laughs> this year. Uh, but dunked on Tony Elliott via Zach's article on ACSports.com. Uh, a wild, wild moment. I mean, you you sent it to us, and you were just like, "Holy crap!" Danny White just posted my article and said that about it. Uh, just, just talk to us, Zach. What, what happened last night? (laughs) So it's like, there's some backstory to this in a way, at least as far as me, like this didn't just come out of nowhere in a way. I'd been kind of watching these Virginia press conferences all summer. I've watched Tony Elliott speak to the media for a while because I knew it was Tennessee's first game. So I just wanted to see if he said anything about Tennessee, if they asked him about Tennessee, preparing for Tennessee. I mean, you know, the whole spiel, we, we looked at what, every single coach said about Tennessee during the season last year. So it's just kind of that same playbook. I mean, I had a feeling that he would be asked about the Tennessee job and almost taking it at some point. So in a way I'm waiting all summer for this quote. And, and I, you know, watched every press conference, most of them very, very boring had not been asked one thing about Tennessee all summer, Tony Elliott. And then last night I opened uh, the browser on my phone. I go to YouTube to look for something else uh, NFL related. And the algorithm pops that up first thing. It's like a seven-minute video. So I watch it real quick. I'm like, oh, yeah, he got asked about Tennessee. It's a pretty just innocuous quote. Like, it's not, like you said, it was. he was very complimentary of Tennessee. I was like, well, there's really nothing here except to just present this quote. Just put it out there. Let people see what he said about the job. And, and I think people will like what he had to say because he called Tennessee a blue blood. He said it's a top-tier program. Said you had everything there, you know, that you need to win and be successful. He said he was close, close to taking it, that it just wasn't the right time for him and all this stuff. And I was like, well, that's it's pretty innocent. That's pretty standard. I mean, that's what every coach says, whether they're offered or not. And honestly, 
that part of it never entered my brain that it could even be the least bit controversial about him saying that he was, you know, or insinuating. He didn't even really say it. He just kind of insinuated that he was offered this job. I never thought one thing about it. I just said, thought he said some nice things about Tennessee. He probably didn't go further with it because the investigation. Hypo was probably a little more comfortable with Danny White because of their time at UCF. That you know, I'm sure Hypo had plenty of questions about the job and what all you know where things were going. So it never even entered my mind that that could happen. On top of that, whenever I find this quote and I'm writing the article, you know, the commit that we're just talking about, a recruit that we're just talking about, is getting ready to commit right about the same time that I published this. And I'm thinking, well, what are the chances that this quote comes? No one's going to see it. It's just going to be buried. Like it's, it's going to get overshadowed by the the kid committing, which is fine. You know, that's his moment, whatever. I wasn't, it wasn't really anything to do with that. It was just kind of like well, bizarre timing, you know, we'll move on to the next part of the news cycle. So I tweeted it out, set my phone down, literally watching you know, Netflix. And then I, I see it pop up on my phone where I have the tweet alert set up. And, you know, like I said earlier, I, I thought it was fake at first. I'm like, there's no way that the athletic director at Tennessee is quoting my tweet here and taking a shot at an ACC head coach. There's just <laughs> no possible way that that's what's actually happening. And I was like, at first when I saw it, I was like, is he like coming at me for something? Like I didn't, like I don't even have a take on this. It's just yeah. what Tony <laughs> Elliott said. I mean, I, I didn't try to like twist it or angle it any certain direction. It's like, this is just what the guy said. You guys might be interested in hearing what he said about the Tennessee job. And the next thing I know, you know, Danny White's flying off the top rope, like elbow dropping Tony Elliott in the head pretty much. So it was, uh, I, it was bizarre. I mean, it was very bizarre. When you sent it and I saw it, I was like, oh no, what is, <laughs> Zach, what is Zach Wright? Like, what, what is this? And I thought he might, might be coming to you just yeah. initially. I mean, and that's when you're in your position there, that's a scary moment. Yeah. You don't it, want I mean, that. I'm not exactly. trying to piss off Tennessee's athletic director. Yeah. It's it's nice promotion, and Lord knows we got a lot of page views off of that. But it, yeah, it was a little like, whoa, oh, what is this? And then I opened your article. I was like, what? He didn't write anything. He, you barely wrote anything. Yeah, there. it was it really was just yeah. Whoa, it and like really, you you never said there was an offer. You never said it. And Danny White said that in that tweet where he was like, I didn't offer him, and we're kind of like, uh, in fact, in the said article. You did. <laughs> I, I phrased, I think that the intro of it, I phrased like they showed interest in him was kind of how I phrased it because yeah. I remember there never being a reported offer. I do remember some of that going on. And I went back today and looked back at the introductory press conference when Hypo was hired. And Danny White pretty much said then what he said last night that it was, they talked to people, but there was only one offer made. And he knew there was a lot of stuff out there, but that was their guy. That was the only guy they really went after. So I don't I don't know the whole backstory there. I'm not going to claim to. I don't know how all that went down. I remember a lot about that coaching search. I had like some sources on some things, but not not a lot with the head coaching stuff, more with the coordinator stuff that I kind of knew a little bit of what was going on. So I, I don't claim to know anything that happened there, which is why it really was so far from my mind that anybody would even think about that part of it. I didn't think anyone would even care that tony elliott mentioned that uh, at this point hypo's the guy who cares if danny white would have offered eight people before he hired hypo i don't think anybody would care because look at the results like who cares how how we got here 
most people weren't over the moon with the hire anyway. I mean, me and you were skeptical. A lot of people were skeptical about the hire. We didn't know a lot about Josh Heupel. He wasn't an SEC guy. He wasn't a guy that we watched play in the SEC. Unless you were just like a college football fan that was, you know, you knew who he was, but you weren't super familiar with him. It wasn't a surprise that people weren't like thinking it was a home run hire at the time. Obviously, in hindsight, it was. But the, the semantics over that, I never dreamed that that would have caused like a stir. No, not at all. I And I mean, the, the only thing that I really have any, you know, just I, what's the right word there? Qualms with? I mean, I don't. I think it's hilarious. The whole thing is just really funny, frankly. But it, yeah, some something happened there, right? Like something, what, what is the deal there? Because Danny White, maybe he's just that into keeping information under wraps and making sure, because when, when he came, I remember his reputation was like, you're not going to know anything about this hire until this hire is made. Yeah. And I don't think he ever liked that the Tony Elliott stuff was out there at all. Yeah. I I don't think I came, came out probably on the Clemson side of things. I'm sure back then. I, I think that's exactly what happened. And I think in fact, I remember him. That. I remember him saying during the introductory press conference when I was looking back at everything, he said something about there was only one leak or one or two leaks throughout this whole process. Like he kept it pretty, pretty buttoned up, and that wasn't like John Curry did some of that too. But Curry was more like he enjoyed playing that game. He enjoyed the cat and mouse yes. of it of people trying to figure it out. Danny White's whole mo was. Yeah, I want the team to know before everybody knows. Like, I just, I, I don't want them finding out through social media, which, you know, I, th- I think any AD wants that. But Danny White went through the steps to try to, to try to make that happen. And, and for the most part, he did. I mean, we found out about Hypo pretty late the night before that hire was made uh, official the next day. So it wasn't, you know, he kept it fairly quiet until he just couldn't anymore. You know, once agents get involved in contracts and, planes and flying is a lot of you know a lot of people are gonna be in the know at that point so he did a good job of that but i I just think it's danny white's reputation i think it's who he is he's kind of got like that promoter mindset a little bit which you have to have to build a great college football program you need the right kind of press but he's been doing it since ucf i mean he put up you know a sign at ucf stadium claiming a national championship in, in 2017 which I love because UCF never got a chance to prove that they could beat uh, whoever won the Alabama, I think won that year with, with Tua. They never got a chance to prove that they could be in that conversation. So I respected that. And even since then, he, uh, he took a shot at an, uh, the Auburn uh, boosters or athletic director oh, or something, yeah. you know, not long ago. So it's not like he's never done this before, but he, he has that swagger about him, which I think Hypel shares too. They're really, a perfect match where it's not shocking. It was just kind of the timing and the fact that Tony Elliott didn't really say anything out of bounds. Like it's not, I could have seen it if he would have kind of downed the program a little bit and been like, yeah, it's just not what I'm about this or that. And and I think some of his first comments back in 2021, when he was still at Clemson, he kind of did allude to it not being a good situation. So maybe Danny White's still sour over that a little bit. I don't know. It, it does feel like maybe there's a little more there that we haven't seen. Yeah, I I almost feel like it's it's Danny White almost like defending his own process because it was kind of the only failure part of that entire thing, and and he wants to just be like, no, I only offered one person, and I'm I not only did I make the right hire, 
but that was the only offer I even made. You know, it's kind of him defending himself. But I've I've said it for a long time. I I think Danny White, he puts on an amazing image. He's been an incredible AD the entire time he's here. He has my implicit trust as AD at this oh, point. Oh, he's fantastic, he's, yeah. Yeah, he's done an excellent job. How could, how could you not? <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, but I do think behind closed doors, he's a shark. And, and like I said, I've said that from yeah. the beginning. You got to be. He puts... He has a, a really nice public image, and he's he is great uh, with fans and at what he does. But I think he gets behind closed doors, and he goes, I'm not messing around here. Everybody get in line. We're doing this, you know, this way. And he he has a vision, and he knows what he wants. And, and I think it, it comes out in moments like this, <laughs> where, where you kind of see that side. I think it's amazing. I think it's awesome. Danny, you have a standing uh, invitation to come on this show, please. Uh, I believe so. I, I ended up replying to it. Oh, you had uh, the the absolute best possible <laughs> reply that anyone I, I think could I, have. I think I had it was like the most liked tweet under his tweet. Just by I didn't like try to do that necessarily. Just ended up that way. But I just replied and I said, "Danny, you could have texted this to a friend, and instead you blasted it out on Twitter." <laughs> You're a true VFL now. And then I gave it's him true. the salute the yes. salute emoji. <laughs> like, you know, he saw that and smiled. Like, you know, Danny, we know. If you happen to yes. be watching, if you're checking in, seeing what we're saying. Please. We know that you smiled. You can you can drop a little comment in here and let us know. Yeah, we, we, we're going to post this as a separate uh, clip tomorrow that's going to have his face in the thumbnail. So, um I also want to know Danny, Danny, Danny White. If you not not Danny Whitson, but you can you can chime in too here in the comments. But Danny White, how did this get to you so quickly? You don't follow me on Twitter. Yeah, that is what I want to know is how this made it into your palm of your hand on your phone. Where uh, that's that's such a mystery that I would I would love to know the answer to. Did someone send it to you? The Twitter's algorithm show it to you? Uh, I'd love to know that. Well, we we do know. From from things that have happened, folks at the Tennessee Athletics Department, they watch what everybody does. Oh, they yeah. watch it pretty closely. If you're saying stuff about the Tennessee Athletics Department in a public forum like us, where we get, you know, we have videos that get thousands of views, they're looking at what you're saying. And they're and especially your your articles get tons and tons of views. Uh, and you pump out a ton of them, Zach. And I'm sure there's somebody over there reading all of them and looking at them. And it, and I'm I guarantee you it gets around. Uh, but I yeah, I would love to know, please, Danny White. If you are watching this show, please just let let uh, Bill Martin know. And we're we're on the email list uh, <laughs> for for the media department, and so yeah, yeah, yeah. Just we'll we'll let you come on and, and say literally whatever you want. Um, but <laughs> that's what what an incredible moment that that was an infamous one. The second I saw it, I I was like, after I figured out that he wasn't like coming at you. Uh, I was like, yes, this is, this is beautiful. I was excited. I think you could probably tell from my text last oh, time yeah. I was texted you. Like, I was like, you need to double dip on this. You got to write a follow-up article. That's well, like, like uh, <laughs> Danny White dunked on Tony Elliott. <laughs> when I texted you and you and Austin Stanley, Austin Stanley, that, that is the A in A to Z, uh, sports. Austin's first response, I think, was something like, "What is is this good? Is that good? Is this bad? Is he <laughs> yes. coming at you? Like, what's <laughs> what is happening here? It's a lot all at once." Oh, and I mean, and if you're in Austin's position to see an athletic director say something inflammatory over the top of something that one of your writers wrote, you're like, "Uh, wait, 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 let's get clarification here. What's going on?" Uh, but ultimately, yeah, it was a good thing. Yeah. I, I think I think I saw one person 
that I think just didn't read your article and was like, you need to correct your mistakes. He never offered him the job. And you were like, yeah, I didn't say he offered him the job. Correct. That's it. Wasn't like, yeah, again, like that wasn't even like a part of any of my thought process with any of that was thinking about that aspect of it at all. Like I did not think that that was going to be a, uh, the controversial part of that. And I did not think that that, I mean, all of a sudden that Virginia Tennessee game has a little more spice to it now. Uh, than it did, you know, at this time yesterday or right about yes. this time yesterday. I mean, it, it now it's like, oh, you know, and I've seen a lot of comments. I'll say this too. I've seen a lot of comments directed at Tony Elliott and I don't know if something happened between him and Danny White or, or didn't. I don't know that whole process. I don't know Tony Elliott personally, but he seems like a pretty good guy. And the stuff that he said about Tennessee yesterday was all incredibly positive and flattering stuff. In fact, the part of his comment that I, was kind of focused on more and I wrote about it kind of separately again today was the part where he's talking about Tennessee's team, like playing a team of this caliber, we get to kind of see where we're at and if we're where we think we need to be, or if we need to go back to the drawing board, like he was really giving Tennessee a lot of credit for where this program is. Like it wasn't one of those, yeah, they run fast. We run fast too. You know, we'll, you know, we have a good team too type deal. It's go out there and, and see who wins type deal. I mean, he was really giving Tennessee a lot of credit. So that part just kind of got missed. I, I would like to know Tony Elliott's reaction today because I didn't say anything bad about him either. I mean, and and that part, if the Virginia media is worth their salt, and I don't know, they probably have like three people to cover football up there because nobody cares. But uh, they better ask him about this at his next press conference and be like, hey. The athletic director at Tennessee said this about you. And then uh, you can. Uh, yeah. Then all bets are off at that point. Then it's a story and you're just, you're yes. just covering, you know, the story instead of kind of, kind of being in the middle of the story in a way. And then you can be in the middle of this back and forth between Tony Elliott <laughs> and uh, Danny White. It'd be great. But yeah, Mr. Jones says Danny definitely has a social media manager. Absolutely. Oh, I'm sure. With without a doubt. And oh, I mean, as it, much as he's got going on, I don't know how you could monitor that stuff and yeah. still do the actual job. Yeah. It's maybe it's Danny Whitson here. Is it Danny Whitson says, I hey, I greatly appreciate it. I would love to be on the show. Oh, wait, you mean Danny White, not Danny Whitson. <laughs> well, Danny, do Danny Whitson, do you know Danny White? And can you get him on the show? Uh, I mean, please, we're looking for any and all connections. Uh, because clearly the athletic yeah never going to let him come on here so <laughs> no unfortunately or he will never let himself come on here probably yeah yeah uh but i that is pretty much it anything else to say about your your now infamous run-in with uh with danny white no it's not nothing that comes to mind i'm sure there might be something i'm forgetting out forgetting or, or some part of the process it was just really humorous the way that, that when i published that and i thought about the uh, jordan ross committing how it was just going to be totally overshadowed and no one would ever pay attention to it. But also like I'd been waiting on this quote for so long that I wanted to, to get it and put it out there. Like I was going to be, I was going to be mad. I was going to be, I was going to be like Michael Jordan taking it personal. If someone else put that up before I was able to. So I was, I was pretty quick with it. Maybe that saved me from, from writing some or adding some opinion in there that, that wasn't necessary. Maybe, maybe things work out for a reason. Uh, yeah. Well, let's say, Hopefully, this is the start of a great upcoming football season. There are our predictions for the year. Again, we'll look back on them and see how stupid we both are uh, in just a quick, short few months. Um, 
but hopefully everybody enjoyed it. Thank you so much to everybody that has watched, commented, uh, you know, Mr. Jones, Danny. See, we got Skyler in, in here and Jason and James and Big Ten Jeff. Uh, yeah, I saw Big Ten Jeff. He said, people really enjoyed my segment on the show last week. That actually is sort of true. Our numbers went up a little bit when Big Ten yeah. Jeff was on. Yeah, I had a good time. It was fun. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a fun little detour there. But thank you so much to everybody for commenting. Oh, Bobby here at the bottom. Uh, and uh, it was, oh, oh, is this a Vandy fan? Is Bobby a Vandy fan? We always we love to we love to dunk on Vandy, uh, and yeah yeah Vandy you're a complete embarrassment. No everybody thinks you should be kicked out of the, the SEC because you stay. Yeah they're all saying it. Yes li- literally everyone. I mean you're a complete embarrassment. Your stadium holds twenty one thousand people, uh, and he's in here talking about how Tennessee is an embarrassment. Yeah 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 we're we're the embarrassment. Yep twenty one thousand in a pile of bricks and a bulldozer right now. Yeah <laughs> it is literally a high school state. I've been I have. Literally been to high school stadiums in Texas that are larger. Um, but thank you to everybody who's watched, comment. Seriously, means the world. We can't do this show without you. You're the reason we have sponsors. Look out for the show next week. Obviously, it's going to be uh, a, a preview of the, of the Virginia game. And it's going to be game week. Holy cow, we're that close. It is time. Almost football time in Tennessee. I can't believe it. Thank you again for watching, and we will talk to y'all next week. See you guys later.